Welcome back to another special episode of the Evans Farm Podcast. I'm your host, Bruce. It's episode 131, and I'm joined on the line once again by Sneaky Pete. Hey, Pete, how you doing tonight? Doing good, man. Doing good. Excited to be here, and uh, I can't wait, believe we made it this far. You know what I'm saying? I, dude, I, <laughs> look, 131 episodes is no small potatoes. Um, there's lots of people out there who start podcasts, make it nine episodes, and then quit. So we've got 131 under our belt here at the show, and uh, I'm I'm looking forward to recording getting to 150 and beyond. So uh, we'll see what we'll see what the future holds. But yeah, I'm pretty pumped. Uh, lots of uh, interesting things happening in the world. Um, I hear that uh, Mr. Ryan O'Reilly from your St. Louis Blues got dealt to of all people the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> Sorry, I don't want to talk about. I don't want to talk about Neither it. Neither do I, because really... living here near Ottawa, it's growing up as an Ottawa fan, it. I cannot abide the Toronto Maple Leafs. I'm like, oh, God. Ugh. So, anyway, yeah. uh, I was not happy to see the Maple Leafs get, get better by picking up a quality player like Ryan O'Reilly. Um, and then he went out in the what, second game and scored a hat trick. I'm like, oh, right. That's what, that ha- that's what happens there. Okay. <sighs> Maple Leafs everywhere. Ugh. Does it trigger you short to, to allude to what we're talking about tonight? Does it does it trigger you? It triggers it me trigger a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so the local sports radio station has what's called a blue team elimination watch. So every time the Toronto Maple Leafs get eliminated from the playoffs, we celebrate. But um, they haven't been eliminated in the regular season in a, in a good few years now, and it, so it's kind of lonely. Um, but uh, when they were bottom feeders in the league and like knocked out early in the season, like. The celebration was like in February, and everybody be like, "Yay, Toronto's out!" And now it's uh, Ottawa's still out, not getting in either. So apparently, the big hubbub today, the big hubbub today, was that uh, they traded Nikita Zaitsev to Chicago for essentially nothing. Um, I think basically the contract. And speculation is they're making room for them for for them to try and trade to get Jacob Chikrin off of the Phoenix Coyotes. To which I'm like, really? We're going to try that? Okay, whatever. Way to go, team. You guys are goofy. I'm not sure Jacob, Ch- I'm not right. sure Jacob Chikrin is the answer either. But anyway, like, I guess another good defenseman can't hurt. But I'm like, okay, uh, sure. Anyway, I realize most of you out there may not listen, may not be hockey fans. And uh, so that's fair. But uh, as people... We have a side podcast where we just talk about hockey. Is that right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> we we could we could probably talk. We got Wow Wow on too, and all of us could just like just just Rip wax it, poetically yeah. about hockey for hours. But anyway, we won't do that. We'll get to some magic here in a second. Um, we have some housekeeping, and then we'll get down to business tonight. So, uh, folks, if you like what you hear, you can always go check out all of our back episodes at thelotuscouncil.com. That is our home on the internet. It's one of uh, they're very graciously hosted us. For a very long time, and they do lots of great stuff. Uh, they have, uh, you know, a really great uh, Discord channel where you go, you can have set up, you know, webcam games, or you can get advice for your for decks, whether it's for Commander or for other formats. Uh, there's a, a trade channel. There's lots of other great things, great conversations going on around new happenings with Magic and preview cards and all sorts of great stuff. So come and check it out. Uh, the best part is. The, the the Discord is free to join. It doesn't cost any any of you a penny to, to join it. And the amount of value you're going to get from being part of the community is really, 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 really strong. Very positive. One of the most positive communities that I've encountered in my uh, my travels online. I, uh, Go ahead. Speaking of that, I mean, they do they do raffles and they do uh, they do giveaways. So I just actually won a few cards from Frexial will be one from them. And they're sick. They're foiled out, and uh, I'm really excited to use them in some of my commander decks oh, yeah. moving forward. Yeah, you won like the the, yeah. the Phyrexian planeswalkers, was it? Yeah. A bunch of those. I, I won. I won the Kalia or the Kaya, the new Kaya inexplorable yeah. card that's like seven mana. Yeah. Um, I won Vron. It's like the the two drop bear that right uh, triggers you for two life and gain two life when your creatures die. Um. I got Koth of the Hammer, the new guy who the mountains, and I also the last one was a Rot Priest. It's um, Venerate Rot Priest, I think. Was it's a Golgari card that grants your toxic creatures more toxic stuff. So it's uh, 
It's nice. And actually, ironically, all those cards fit into our theme today. Oh, so get, get that. Get that. <laughs> think about we'll it. Get there. We'll get, so if you could, if you could find uh, the, uh, the theme there, audience, before uh, we get to the, our main topic, then by all means. Uh, let's move on to... I'll give you five loonies. I'll give you five loonies. Five loonies. loonies. Oh, my goodness. That means... Like, do, you have, do you even have five loonies? I'm, I'm in my house somewhere. You have loonies? Home. Good for you, my man. Yeah. Like, we got dramas there, too, but... Hey. <laughs> like, I, I got some loonies kicking around here, but... Uh, might even get a toonie out of me there, folks. Like, I gotta go get some Timbits from the old Tim Hortons up the street. So, anyway. <laughs> um, all right. Let's move on. To, so we got we got three segments tonight there, audience. We're going to do some Garbage or Great. Uh, we'll do our main topic tonight. We're going to be talking about triggered abilities and why you should probably be trying to sneak a few more in your deck. And then we got a deck that's looking to try and make use of some of that um, using uh, a pretty cool commander out of uh, the Warhammer 40k decks. So we'll keep that one as a bit of a surprise prize. All right, but let's move on to some garbage or great first. So the first one we got, to, we got two cards tonight. First one I think is kind of a slam dunk. I, at least I think it is, but maybe I'm wrong. And if my computer would load up, there it is. So we have Turn Timber Symbiosis, which is four green, green, green for a sorcery. It's an MDFC out of um, out of the Zendikar Rising set, and it says, "Look at the top seven cards of your library. You may put a creature card from among them onto the battlefield." If that creature has mana value three or less, it enters with three additional plus one plus one counters on it. Put the rest of the, on the bottom of your library in a random order. Or if you flip it on the other side, you can play it as a land, and it can come into play untapped if you pay three life. Otherwise, it, it comes into play tapped, and it can tap for a forest. Um, so, Lux, I was not Lux, I'm sorry, I'm just saying Lux. But, Pete, um, what are your thoughts here on Turn Timber Symbiosis? Is this card garbage, or is this card great? My first inclination would be. This is a mythic from a pretty recent set, meaning it's probably pretty juiced and pretty powerful. So it's probably pretty pretty good to run. But what are your thoughts? So I think this card is a bomb in like a more of a limited format or like a, a format that uh, doesn't like matter about the curve in terms of like you're not going to get the seven. You're kind of trying to win before that. In commander, um, in green especially, I think they're just better versions of this card that you could play. Um, I don't know. Mana value three or less, and it comes in with three counters on it, plus one, plus one counters. Unless you're playing like a counters matter deck or something, I'm skeptical to run this. I'd rather run something that either tutors to my hand or to play directly like a nat like a natural order. or like. Um, I mean, that's a little bit more expensive like cost-wise. If you need something in a pinch, this might work. But what if you whiff? That's what I don't really like about these kinds of cards is like, there's a high percentage chance in a commander deck you're going to whiff with this card. And it's going to feel terrible. Um, because, yes, you look at seven cards. And yes, if you're running a creature-heavy green deck, it'll run. But if you're paying seven mana to cheat out a three-mana creature, then why don't you just cast a three-mana creature? You know? Unless that creature is super impactful and you don't want it to like get countered or something. Um, I just don't see the value. I guess I'm not trying to be cynical. I'm just trying to think about, like, in seven man, I'd rather run a board wipe, um, a, an anthem effect, or a, a big bomb like, like Titanic's Rex or like, a, you know, a crater. Okay. Um, and paying seven man to do the exact same thing, um, I just don't. I don't. I'd rather run like a ramp or something else that'll take a slot out of the deck to thin the deck, or even run something like Greater Good, which is four mana. It will draw me a lot of cards. Rather than just trying to cheat this out. Even like I, if I put Galta out, for example, right? Normally I'm going to play Galta for two mana anyway if I'm playing that card. Okay. You know? A lot of these bigger creatures, I'll probably have a. I'd rather play um, the bear. I'd rather play uh, the bear that reduces my mana value for greater creature cards anyway. Mm -hmm. I'd rather just play that. So. You know, instead of. This. But no that's argument here. So <laughs> here's what I would just say. Like, so you're really, you're really focused on using it on the front side for the seven mana sorcery. But I think what we're forgetting is that this has the versatility of being a la another land drop in your deck. And as we've said before, to be responsible in your land, like this is going to be played, I believe, in like probably 70 or 80% of the opportunities as a land, which is super potent because now you, you're going to be guaranteed to hit that land drop. But if you're flooding, this is flood insurance. And 
in a like and if or if you're running a big mana deck, like like listen to the top commanders and tell me if you can't if you can see where this is coming from. If the top commander is still Valor Heart of the Wilds, you have a big mana green deck, like you're gonna have seven you're gonna have seven mana yeah. for this. And and then this doesn't turn this this land slot turns into a seven mana find a bomb and bu- put it on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. And so sure, you could pay two mana for your Galta, but your Galta's five cards deep in your deck and you need it now. Turn Timber Symbiosis goes and yeah. finds it. So I I guess I'm looking at it as more like in general rather than for like a specific card yeah. or like a specific wonder where like I don't think the card is necessarily like garbage. Like I'm not going to be saying that it's trash because yeah. it's not. It it has its uses, right? But I mean, I wouldn't run this in like an elf deck. You know what I mean? I wouldn't run this in a token deck, and I surely wouldn't run it in my Selvala deck. But I guess that's just me. Like, um, where I'd rather like try to untap her enough and and just keep pushing the mana. Um, but yes, in terms of like a budget mythic card that might like just win you a game. I don't know if it wins you the game, but I think it definitely. I think just I think what you're paying for here, and what you're really looking at appreciating it for, is the flexibility that you have, the ability to play it as a land if you need to in the first. If you need to make land drops, and it's it's a no, and sure it costs you three points of life, but it's the value. It still comes into play untapped, which is probably more important than the life points you're giving up. Um, and then later in the game, if you're flooded out or you're running or you're running low on gas. It's a way for you to and find something and vomit something on the table, which could turn the tide of the battlefield. So, I think the card is really quite strong. Um, I think you're you're paying five ninety nine for it right now on at Card Kingdom, which and you, apparently you can get it for three and a half dollars on on TCG Player. So, like I think in terms of a budget representing a, bu- a budget option, I think it's pretty good. I think it has more applicability than something like Collected Company. Because of the, the, it doesn't have a mana restriction on it, the way Collected Company does. Uh, so this card, yeah. I think, has more applicability for us uh, in Commander than we care to admit to. Uh, yes, it's a, it, 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 you know, it's you ideally want to hit something big. You want to go and find a hoof, or um, you know, your Ashaya, or your, I don't know, whatever else you're finding, your Gitrog, or whatever, your, whatever your green deck is is going to be playing. Um, but at the end of the day, it gives you flexibility, and I think that's really where the 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 power of these MDFCs comes in that we often overlook. Because yeah, on the front side, it's probably overcosted, uh, and on the back, you're like, well, I got to pay life to have an untapped land. But the fact is, you have the choice of either or based on what you need right now, and that has. I mean, any, any card, any card that gives you choices, it's it's going to be strong, and I. And I, I agree with you. I'm just thinking, I guess, in terms of it's seven cards out of a hundred yeah. or ninety Um where what if you are putting things to the bottom that you need like removal? You know what I mean? Um it just I guess it's it the risk comes with Absolutely. the reward, I guess. And Yeah, fair enough. Like it's 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 a high ceiling, but also has a very very low floor. So should you whiff and very very possibly you could whiff, or you could get a land or elf, and now you have a four four land or elf that you spent seven mana to cast, and that kind of sucks. But the fact of the matter is, it's it represents the ability to go and find something that's good, good that could potentially impact the battlefield or be a land when you need to be that. So, I mean, thinking about real quick, one more slight comment: if you can figure out a way to put creatures on the top of your library. In it, like mm-hmm. like easily like if you can sculpt at the top of your library and then and then windmill slam this card, then then yeah, you're, yeah. you're set. You know what I mean? If you run like a scroll rack effect or something oh. of, of the like, um, that that'll yeah. that'll do it. You know that'll that'll make this card what I would consider uh, like a, a true bomb. No no, no argument um, here. I think I think something like um, a top or a scroll rack, but oh. also. How would this took the new Tacasia that gives all your creatures um, surveil? surveil? So like yes. that could, you could you yes. control you can control the top of your deck more effectively. You can now mm-hmm. fill your bin to go put things in there. That you how about um 
how about War of the Spark uh, Gods, where they die, they go third yeah, from the top. Yeah. You know, that's another consideration. Yeah. But anyway, that's it's it's a it's a good card. It's a flexible uh, card. It's not like a trash card. I just like playing devil. No, I, absolutely. I, that's why it's good conversation. I think it's good for our audience to hear two like different, slightly different interpretations of the card because you're uh, you're less uh, excited to see the card than I am. I think. I think I'd be looking at the card, I'd be like, oh, wow, I really want to put that in my deck because it represents flexibility. And then, you know, it's a land early. It's a it potentially a, a powerful creature late. And I think, you know, I'm, I'm pretty here for it. Whereas I think you're, all, the, all the perspectives you presented are very valid for our audience. And they need to make the decision about what's appropriate for their deck um, based on what they think is the what, where they see that being used in their deck. Let's move on to a, the, the sneaky, the sneaky Pete special here today because I like this one. So I think this is a, when we have Pete on. I think this is going to be a, a little bit of a, a sub segment of our garbage are great. We have like Pete's really good at finding some uh, obscure cards that are going to really, uh, really in, sort of improve your play experience because it's going to be the, one of those cards that your audience or your opponents are going to go, "Uh, can I read that, please?" And this one tonight plays right into our discussion around triggered abilities. So uh, you want to give it a read there, Pete? Sure. So it's called, this is a funny card and it's art is really funny too. Um, It's a goblin just smirking and like, it's got his tongue out kind of funny. All right. So legacy's allure is two blue mana, two pips. So yes, it'll be hard to cast sometimes if you're running multiple colors, but this card I would say is worth it. It is uh, an enchantment. At the beginning of your upkeep, you, you may put a treasure counter on Legacy's Allure. Then you can, at any time, sacrifice Legacy's Allure, gain control of target creature with power less than or equal to the number of treasure counters on Legacy's Allure. And this effect lasts indefinitely. So, if someone plays a bump card, and you have enough counters that's equal to its mana value, sacrifice this card, take it. <laughs> it is a 12 cent so, card too so it's very I think affordable. this was actually funnier if you have it on the battlefield and they don't suspect that you have the ability to put additional counters on it like let's imagine you have a current bastion right. on the battlefield they go okay you can put an extra counter on it I still got a turn or two to utilize my, my powerful creature that's fine but then out of you mm-hmm. know on, on end step you can proliferate twice onto it then Car- and then current bastion and then sack this to steal their thing and they go suddenly. They go, oh no, that because you're untapping with it, and you get to go ham. Mm-hmm. So here's another one. Here's another one. What if you run something like Lithoform Engine, and in response to the alert trigger, you copy it? So you get to take two things for the price wow. of one. Wow, it's pretty nasty, right? So yeah, I hadn't even thought that far. Now that is that's a heinous. That's a heinous ability. I, I love it, yeah. and that's but that's absolutely heinous. <laughs> um, I mean, it's not quite as bad as like flickering your um, your. Oh, what's the seven mana two two that steals things? Oh, it got banned because it was. Oh, the uh, the the row right the uh, the when if you control three or more permanents that you don't own, you draw three cards. It's the no. It was just standard. It was it could steal lands and stuff, and it was just awful. Oh, I forgot what it's called. Anyway, um, like this is not quite that because you're taking you're taking a creature. You can't take a land or a planeswalker or something else. Um, but this is but it is pretty funny, and it would be pretty impactful. Uh, we were talking before cast their audience. Um, imagine this in some sort of bant deck where you now get access to Tameshi or uh, Hannah Ship's Navigator to return it to your hand. And then you use it again and have access to all the proliferate and blue and green. It just sounds like the most ridiculous way to drive your opponents to all hate you and and just stomp you to pieces. Um, oh, the card you were thinking of is, is Agent of one, Treachery. Yeah, from M- I was all I think is groan when I see, think of that card. But anyway, um, and yeah, folks, this is twelve cents. The twelve cent card from Tempest. Um, it is. Uh, is the art the same art on the on the old version? Like it looks, it looks like a ton of fun. I'm a big fan of those. So let's go have a look at the old EDH rack and see what it says. How many decks is this in? This is one thousand three hundred forty three decks. So it's like cr- cr- criminally underplayed. 
Um, so it goes in Empress Galena. I guess that makes sense. Silum. Yeah, that's effect on a Dragon Lord Silumgar. Also, Steely Things. Deck. Uh, Perry the Pulverizer. I'm not quite sure why it's there, but maybe it's in the precon. I don't know. Oh, it's there because it it buffs all your creatures because it's a different kind of oh, counter on something. So yeah, like, okay. About how many counters you control, like permanents with counters on them. So it just kind of slightly makes your creatures better, and you can like steal blockers too. As well, I would I would there suspect. So. Uh, there's there's the Tameshi, um, and there's Halden and and Paco. I'm not sure. Oh yeah, that that that's because you know they're gonna steal sh- stuff off the top of people's libraries. Indeed. It's uh. It's and, not then that Mold- fun. and then <laughs> and then down the page here, audience, we have Moldrotha, which like that's just like okay, now we're going for full on like Moldrotha jank party. Here we go. Um. So yeah. Um. <laughs> this card, I think, is uh not to be underestimated. There, folks. It's a little bit slow, but if you can find ways to. Uh, in, rapidly increase the number of counters on it, I think you're going to find that this thing could be really potent. And I don't even think you need to take like a six mana spell, a six mana creature. Like, I think taking their three mana value creature would be just fine. Um, yeah, like you could take like a mana, a mana dork if you're missing a color, or you could take even a a, a solid static yeah. blocker, you know, like a creature that you need to block at instant speed. You can. Literally take it when they declare attackers and block with Absolutely. their creature, uh, as well. Um, I mean, blue has these weird subtle steel effects as well. Like, um, there's a grab the reins, I think it's called, or there's something it's like a blue mana. It's it's not. I don't think it's the correct name, but I think it's full vol- mana. Rains. All I know is you, you you basically steal everyone's creatures and block with them. It's, oh. it's a it's a strange. Okay, so let's talk. There is a volition range, but it's different. It's an aura, three blue, blue, enchant permanent. It's like it's you steal something on top mm. it, and then you control it. Um. So, no, it's not, not not really not the key but, point. The key point here: this card is funny. Uh, it's twelve cents, and you can you can with the, with the proliferate uh, mechanic that has just been reprinted. Uh, with a number of, with a critical mass more of more proliferate cards, you can do a lot of damage and steal a lot of things potentially with this card. So, and like if someone's wasting removal on this card, yeah, I would well, be you're laughing. St- you're saying good. Yeah, I'd be like, okay, like that's not my my win condition or my game plan. It's just a distraction. Yeah. It's like uh, it's a well, it's a value yeah. play. You're playing it. And if you can, and if you can use it as a rattlesnake to draw out a piece of removal, um, rather than you know, have it destroy something else that's critical to your deck, because oftentimes there's a very powerful enchantments that are floating around, particularly in blue, you can find a lot of other really powerful things. If let's say they use this, they use their removal to kill this instead of like a Rhystic study, you're pretty okay with that trade. So, yeah. Anyway, um. Uh... I like it. Good go. stuff. Uh, something, something for you people out there in the audience to go and check out for yourself and see if you can't slide it into one of your decks. All right, let's move on to some segment two here. We've got, we're today we're going to spend some time dedicated to talking about triggered abilities um, because I think Pete and I were talking a lot over the last week. We sort of come to the conclusion that really good synergistic commander decks make excellent use of triggered abilities. And ones that are now statted on, are premised on just being good value stacks, no longer cut it. Um, we made allusion to this last week when we were talking about limited, uh, particularly where you're looking to build, you, know, you would take out you know, some cards that might be objectively more powerful, but don't play into the synergy of your decks. Um, and the triggered ability is is sort of, the key idea that which by which you generate a lot of synergy in your commander deck um, that probably needs to be explored more thoroughly. And I know lots of people say, oh, I, we know all about this. I'm like, but there's a lot of these triggered abilities that we often forget about that probably should get more serious consideration, not to form a whole theme of your deck, but to be uh, impactful components of your deck that you're going to be able to utilize to great effect. 
So let's move on to the description of what exactly is a triggered ability. A triggered ability is an ability that automatically does something when a certain event or a certain event occurs or a set of conditions are met. Um, and so it's called a state, sometimes called a state triggered ability. So triggered abilities can be identified by the words when, wherever, or at, which will usually be found at the start of the description of the ability. The phrase that contains one of those words lists the conditions or the triggered event or triggered state when the ability will trigger, and when it does, the ability goes on the stack, unless it's a ban ability, and responses can be played. Now, that's, so the, all of that came from an MTG wiki page um, that talked about the rules around what is a triggered ability. Um, now, like, pretty dull yeah. and boring cut and dried stuff, and yeah, like we've, but we've started... I think ever since we've had the uh, the artifact, which is um, Strionic Resonator, where we started really looking at triggered abilities on cards, um, I think people have started really paying really close attention to uh, this idea of a triggered ability. And I remember when I first got into the game, and it was... I didn't understand the game yet, like in terms of how it how it runs, like the 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 I guess you could say like meta game of Commander where things happen at specific times, you know. There's timing involved. Uh, my friend used to play Brutaclad a lot, okay, and he would always just copy a bunch of stuff and make a bunch of value tokens, and it's a triggered ability that happens during combat, right? And I was like, well, how do I how do I solve this problem because it would just snowball out, out of control and there's nothing I could really nope. do about it until I learned how to handle it properly. Um, and triggered abilities are becoming more commonplace in everything from the pushed commons and uncommons that are now unlimited in, in these sets and and also some of these bomb rares that, and mythics that they, that they are starting mm-hmm. to print now, wizards. Um, there still are not that many cards that can respond to these events. There's only about 15 cards, and out of all of them, only three are not in blue. Um, so, blue, I mean, blue is the best, I'd say, at handling these problems, unless you're playing like a board wipe for a specific sort of triggered strategy, like a tokens or landfall strategy. Um, you're not going to be able to, like, initially stop it but if you can at least recognize it right if you let it go maybe once or twice and then it doesn't happen again i think you've done your due diligence kind of like uh bruce and i always talk about paying your taxes when it comes to if people are playing smothering tithe or Ristic study or anything that causes you to pay something to, to prevent something from happening you should always at least i think try to do it especially if it's in the long run it's not slowing you down it's more more so slowing them down from snowballing out of control the same idea goes for uh you know, any of these abilities that we're going to cover now. Um, like Aristocrats is the first thing that we've thought about when it comes to these abilities, right? It's the most famous, I think, in terms of things you'll yeah. see in Commander on a daily. Yeah, I'd agree. Um, like, I think, like, the most the, mo- the most obvious, like, base level, like, triggered ability is, like, when something dies, Aristocrats card, Blood Artist, Cruel Celebrant, Zulaport Cutthroat, whatever, s- triggers, mm-hmm. and you lose life. Eventually, with the hope that they kill you, um, and sometimes that that they can do that in a hurry. Um, other times, because if they, particularly if they have you know the combo out where they you know have, uh, oh the vampire that and then the and the ah oh, drawing blanks here right now tonight there folks, but there's a really potent life gain life drain effect that where you can start if you can start the drain, it causes an inf- it causes an infinite cascading effect. And well, game is over. Yeah, green bond and exquisite, exquisite blood, blood, yeah, or something. So, um, yeah, sanguine bond and exquisite blood, or there's a there's a there's a vampire that does the same thing. Uh, anyway, yes. so like right there, that is that is an example of a triggered ability that most commander players are reasonably familiar with. There's others that are running around too that people need to, that are aware about. So like. Oracle, that's a, definitely a triggered ability, and that is a win condition in lots of decks. Particularly the higher up the power level scheme you're going to play. If you play CDH, like that's the win con running around. Like everyone's going for the Thoracle win. Um, but there's other ones that we run into. Like Nekusar is a commander that was printed a very long time ago, 
is still largely uh, despised by people who aren't Necrozar players um, because it punishes you for drawing cards. Every time you draw a card, you're taking damage. And, like, most of us, I don't know how you feel, Pete, but one of the things I do when I want when I sit down to play Commander is I want to draw cards. And, uh... I mean, I'm a sucker for drawing cards, but uh, if someone's going to play Nekuzar against me and I can't stop them, I'm going to go out on my own power. I'm going to just draw my deck and, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be the one to make myself lose. I, I'm not going to well, let them... Well, see, that's interesting. My so. response to Nekuzar is to kill the other player. Um, I think... I, think I, yeah, yeah, I'm saying, like, if there's no hope, yeah. you know, if, like, if I'm unable to handle them, I will just... Yeah, fair enough, I'll way, draw a pile yeah. of cards. If, if I can't have my, my, my cards, I'm just going to draw them anyway and die. That's fair. <laughs> really, that's, that's fine. But, like, so... She, but the new Shouldred is really... Like, she's a house. Oh, yeah. But there's Quaza, who's also from uh, Capenna... Uh, she's a she's a new Capenna. Quaza is another one. She's in she's in uh, Esper colors, um, and like all three of these. Mm-hmm. Any um, any cards that place themselves in Commander, um, that are triggered abilities, are just like you have to you have to deal with it. Um, there's that two one. Capenna that says whenever a creature enters, you scry one. If it's the second time this has happened, yes, you draw a card. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's really quite strong. Um, I forgot what it's called. It's not an expensive card. It's it's an affordable card for most of our viewers as well. Um, what is it like? I think they dropped the price. It used to be a decently expensive card, and now it's like, I don't know. Under yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty affordable. Um, but... I I'm excited to talk about there's you know landfall which we could get into but I I think I'd rather talk about what we were recently talking about before we get into the th- the, the thematic uh, part of it but like those subtle abilities right those abilities we don't really think about until they kill us yeah I'm looking for the white card right now see if I can find it here uh-huh. it's called rumor gatherer uh, rumor gatherer Rumor Gatherer, one white white for a 2-1 and says it has, has it's an elf wizard. Elf? Really? Okay. Uh, with uh, alliance on it, whenever another creature enters the battlefield under your control, scry one. This is the second time this ability has resolved this turn. Draw a card instead. So you're going to be very easily turning this into multiple uh, into a card almost every turn if that's the sort of deck you're in. So yeah, absolutely. Like That's a great triggered ability. Um, people forget about it. Uh, and we'll leave it on the battlefield just to accrue value. Um, other things that are pretty obvious, um, but really, uh, really powerful, are landfall decks. So, Omnath decks that care about whether it's you're having um, the land, so like the four color Omnath or the or big red, like the big angry Omnath, the red green one. Uh, the three color Omnath is a little bit tricky because it cares more about the elementals than it does about lands per se but um yeah so omnath in general is a, is a land, generally a landfall deck but there's other landfall commanders that are taking advantage of landfall triggers so maha uh, or maya depending on how you want to pronounce her um wind grace both versions of it whether it's lord wind grace or soul of wind grace uh big gitrog monster is another one there's a lot and there's lots more too so all these landfall triggers are mm-hmm. very potent um, are going to allow these decks to snowball into a whole lot of extra value. Um, I've built the Maha deck, um, and she's a she's a very powerful deck. I've killed people out of nowhere with her because you put a you, you start once you resolve Maha and they allow you to 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 create a few a few soldier tokens because you've played some lands. It's not far to get your um, Oh, right, that one, the Crater Hoof, and then it's over. So, yeah. Other, other subtle abilities that, like, people don't take as seriously as they should is, like, Dredge and Self-Mill, like, Mill Deck, Mill, mill Figures. Yeah. People are like, oh, you know, you can dig things into your graveyard. Yes, but I am digging for oh. that wind condition. You know, I'm, and, like, a lot of newer players don't think about it that way. Yeah. Um, They're like, well... You just put your removal in your graveyard, you know, that you're not going to, like, it's going to take you a while to get it back. I mean, every card that I look at is one more piece of information that I have that you don't have. 
for your deck. So like, I know where I'm going to be going with it. I play a Rutstein deck, and his triggered ability. I've I've been able to look at like four cards in one turn before I before I even yeah. go to my draw step. So it's uh, it's one of those things. My my favorite though of killing people out of nowhere, and Bruce isn't a part of this when I met him a few years ago, was the the uh, the attack mm-hmm. triggered yeah. abilities. You know, so like I played a Grevin Predator Captain deck that could kill a table by like turn six or seven if I got the it right was, draw. It was a little nutty, audience. It was um, a little nutty. Uh, very, very angry <laughs> Grevin coming across the table to smack me upside the head. Um, but yeah, Grevin, Grevin's a very, has a very powerful attack trigger on it. Um, yeah, hugely powerful. Mission, which we we've talked about before the show began as well, which is more it's newer. It fell off the face of the earth a bit more with a lot of the other cards floating around now and standard and modern and everything. But um, it's still super powerful, you know. Wolfar is the gruel version of yeah. Ishin, uh with the triggered abilities, triggering twice on attack. Um, what were the other ones we so, listed? We listed um, we had a so, nice some of the other ones. So creep. Angel of Destiny is another creature that has a, a pretty good attack, a uh, pretty good trigger on it. Uh, let's read Angel of Destiny here because people may not have uh, remember that one. Angel of Destiny. Okay, you, oh, you it, go up. for it. No worries. Let me just. I apologize. I believe the internet gremlins. It's fine. Here we go. Uh, so, Angel of Destiny, flying double strike. Whenever a creature you control, whenever a creature you control, that's like the key here. You control deals combat damage to a player. You and that player each gain that much life. At the beginning of your end step, if you have at least fifteen life more than your starting life total, each player that Angel of Destiny attacks turn loses the game. So it's a win condition. It's hard. To, it's it's rather hard to respond to. Um. And like some people, they'll take a hit from it because they think you know you're not at you're not gonna get past forty, um, forty life this easily. But then they don't realize that like you know it's a flying double yeah. striker and stuff like that. So and you, there's like four triggers on this card, you know. There's like yeah, four triggers within yeah, this card for sure. Um, other cards that are really quite like Lelia. So Lelia the. Uh, the blade reforged, so two and a red for a two-two with haste. Spirit warrior. Uh, whenever Lily the blade forge attacks, exile the top card of your library. You may play that card this turn. So if you can get this down the table and find a free attack early in the game, this is going to snowball because every time it says when one or more cards are put into exile from your library and or graveyard, put a plus one plus one counter on Lelia. So it snowballs very quickly. It's a three three four four five five, and now it's going to demand your opponent respond to it. Um, and then the, all the while it's generated you some value. Uh, if you weren't sure, this triggers twice with Ishin, and uh, so now you're going to see twice the cards, put twice the counters on it, and can very easily see the game get away on your opponents. Uh, Zergo is another one, too, that's got a, a powerful uh, triggered ability, so when you attack, he gets indestructible, I believe, and gets counters when he kills creatures. So if you can, you know, meet those conditions and build a Voltron-y uh, Mardu commander, you can do a lot of damage to a lot of people really quick. You can you can build that deck for like under a hundred bucks, and it's just all board wipes, and it stinks to play against. But it's kind of funny when you only have Zergo out the entire game, and he just keeps hitting you for 15 damage a turn, 10 damage a turn. Now, awesome. now there are some other <laughs> mechanics that like people can lean into that also are triggered abilities that are really potent that people probably should be, you know, mindful of. And one of the obvious ones is Myriad. So when when creatures come with Myriad, uh you routinely need to look out for these things because they are going to create lots of bodies and often have an ETB, or you're going to have some sort of other card that creates an ET uh, that responds to things with ETB. So, like that rumor gatherer and the battle angels of tear, which is the uh, a mythic from uh, Battle for Baldur's Gate, which all like, when you attack, you're making angels to attack each opponent. 
Uh, that's really, really potent um, and going to result in all sorts of rumor-gatherer triggers and uh, all sorts of other things that are going to just start to just snowball out of control, make your opponents really wish that they hadn't uh, sat down and let you accrue the value of that sort of stuff. I think, like, a cautionary thing is if a card creates this value over time and you don't, no one's responding to it, like, nobody at the table care, like, seems to care, either A, they just don't have anything in hand to deal with it, B, they're going to combo out. So, actually, it gives you more information because if, say, Bruce is doing a bunch of triggered ability nonsense and, I don't know, my, like, uh, Eduardo, Eduardo is and he is like not doing anything about it, but he has four cards in hand and he's playing blue. And there's me who's playing like, I don't know, my janky red deck or something. Some someone's gonna win this game, and it's not gonna be me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's not gonna be me. But but like I've seen people like literally watch someone make like eight angels in a turn, you know, or whatever, with, like, Divine Visitation, and not do anything about it, because they're doing other things on their turn that's worse. So, it's... I think the triggered abilities are tells for, like, information, and I think we can use those to our advantage, not only to make our decks do some crazy things, but also we can use information to to sneak out wins. I mean, that, and also... If people are playing these triggered abilities and no one's stopping them, there's a reason for that, right? More than likely than not, they don't have the answer. But there's an off chance they might combo off, you know? They might try to do something else that uh, some of the best players I've seen, they just, they let everything happen and then they're like, nah, yeah, it's not it, happening. <laughs> you know? Not, not that they're playing blue, but they're just like, they, they, they know that they can, they can deal with this in some facet. Yeah. And they're not that concerned about it. But they acknowledge. Yeah, it. no, I yeah. think I think that's really good. I think that's really good. Um, reading your opponents, like not only should these be things that you're looking to actively include in your deck, but they should be things that you should be on the lookout for. That if your opponents start playing them, and the rest of the table is either choosing to not interact with them or to or, or identify them as a threat, then you need to be looking at these very seriously. Um, now there are there are some that are out there. Like I mean, I would not say the rumor gatherer is going to be the thing that's going to run away with the game. But it is going to be a constant source of card advantage that somebody can play repeatedly and potentially just, you know, lead to a, a, a disparity in resources that they're going to outdraw you because they've got this little thing that's going to sit on the battlefield and draw them cards. Sure, it's not game-breaking, but, you know, the more cards they see, the, chan- the better the chances they have to find that broken piece to take them from being in the game to being running away with it and hiding with it. So, um, another, another, another inverse, uh, real quick of the attack ability triggers are the preventing attack ability triggers, you know? So like ghostly prison propaganda, a lot of these cards like used to be super popular in decks and they've gone off. And I don't see why, because I mean, we talked about this last week with the lack of combat in the format, but those cards can save you and stall out a game to the point where you can just mm-hmm. eke out that win. You know what I mean? Like, or you can attack at will if you're playing like a, a go wide strategy. Like I do that all the time with my soldier deck. I'll play one of those effects that prevent people from attacking me, and then just beat people in the face like with all these weenies, and they won't. They can't t- attack me back. They can't crack me back. So I just I'm at the advantage Absolutely. every single yeah. combat. Oh, really, really powerful stuff there. Absolutely. So things that um, are going to slow down your opponents and trigger to make make combat more difficult or more expensive are absolutely things. Um, one of the things that we wanted to tr- touch on was, a, was the return of the proliferate mechanic, which... Wait, scary me? stuff. <laughs> I said well, it was some scary stuff. You know, it's a... It's the perfect example of what yeah. we've covered so far. It is a, it know, is a snowballing mechanic that is a that is oftentimes a triggered ability. Now, not always. I believe like there are just some spells that just say like anticipate and then whatever the anticipate card is. Like there's one in a blue instant sorcery, for instance, instant speed card 
that allows you to look at three, put one in your hand, and then it proliferates, which incidentally is like power creeped huge. Like it's the same mana cost as anticipate. No one runs anticipate any longer because it isn't good enough. Well, not in... it's um yeah, it's experimental cool. augury and and it's a special border card is like a three dollar card. So yeah. it's a common that's three bucks. It's twenty five cents for the normal one. And yeah, I don't know, thought that was cool, but uh, you know, just the the fact that like this card. I will. I I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised to see a lot of people mm-hmm. play it. It's affordable, and and it it's it's very flexible. And we've talked about this in in before. Like cards that in a vacuum can do a ton of things for you will always be Pardon cards me. that we should run. Sneeze in some map. All right. So yeah. Like, so um, we were looking at the at the proliferate mechanic particularly oh, because okay. this is something where we have a new critical mass of these cards that are being printed. Um, and then I've been printed in, you know, in uh, Phyrexia All is One. And we wanted to really look at this, like, where does where does this mechanic fit now? Um, because, I mean, the obvious the obvious route, and this is the obvious to me there, Pete, is that Wizards is trying to tell us, we sure. want to put you with Toxic. You, we want to put you in a, in a Toxic deck. Um, and I feel like that is, honest, honestly speaking... Probably among the least exciting routes for me to take, as far as like as someone who's who prides himself on deck construction, I don't feel like that's a particularly exciting route to take. I don't know how you feel on it, but I, as much as it's effective, I don't really think it's exciting. I think proliferate like the tre- the cheekiest way beyond like the super friend strategy, which has been known to just run it out. Um, and be really hard mm-hmm. to stop, or Joda, for example, as like a durability sinkhole. Um, I think proliferate if you can do some weird, like beyond the counters thing. But I don't know. I I don't like. I I've been burned out by the counters mm, yes. uh, strategies. I I find it very. I don't want to say boring. I don't want to like knock anybody's strategies because you can have fun with it, of course. But I think proliferate, if you can figure out a way to do it where it's like not just making something super fat or super like wide, then there'll be more like joy, I think, when you're like, oh, I'm proliferating this treasure counter, you know, or I'm proliferating this gold counter or whatever. Because um, there are some weird cards out there that have weird mm-hmm. counters. That yeah, they put, like, no, absolutely. Put I, I think there's, there's a number of them that can do some interesting, like, really some interesting things. I think you're going to win style points if you if you partner up your proliferate cards with unusual abilities um, that had not been previously thought about. Um, so, like, one of my favorite weird cards is from Onslaught, and it's called Aurification. And it says, whenever a creature deals damage to you, put a gold counter on it. Each creature with a gold counter on it is a wall in addition to its other types yeah. and has defender. And when the card leaves play, remove all gold counters from all creatures. So it's like a weird like prevent combat yeah. <laughs> trigger deck that's, thing. That's, that's, that's but, funky. But it's cute. It's funky because it's like it's like you proliferate the gold counters because um, not I mean or you can like like nesting grounds is a janky land where you can move a counter from a card that you yeah. have onto something else. So like, what if you like put a gold counter on your own creature and then just slyly moved it over to somebody else's creature in response Absolutely. to like declare I, attackers or something? Now, from my mm-hmm. where I sit, I think probably the most imp- most potent and uh, one of the ways that I find. Could, could you could get a lot of interesting uh, situations is whereby you use the experience counters from I'm not sure which year that was, but Commander 2016, I think maybe. Um, so yeah, yeah, so those are that, right. so that's Marin of Clan Neltoth. It's a Zuri Claw progress. It's uh, oh geez. I trust the return, Kalmini Discipline of Erois. Um, there's only. Eight yeah. cards that do it. it. Um, actually, in the new lander decks, there's one that does it, and it's 
pretty cool. It's uh, oh, it creates rebel tokens, but that's another. So the, another these uh like these experience counters, I think. Well, one of the reasons I think they make a really good target for your proliferate is because they are very difficult to interact with. Um, in fact, the game has got no provision for us to interact with uh, the experience counters. We can't remove them. So once Marin or Azuri or whatever else has accrued the value and started putting counters on your on on your emblem. Then the proliferate can really take it, take you the rest of the way to turn your your commander, your your deck into something that's a snowball deck that's going to run away with it. I mean, for instance, you put it on a Zuri, you start proliferating those the, the counters on the experience counter. Then when you play a small like a creature that's with two power or less, you then dump a whole bunch of plus one plus one counters on it. It's like build a bomb. And like your opponent, look every time they look around, like there's another six six or seven seven sitting on the battlefield on your side, and you they go, well, I got to deal with it. It also lends itself to an infinite combo with um, Sage of Hours, like super fast, and uh, which I mean, yeah, depending on your play group, may or may not be there to, to their liking. So I think experience counters are one of the areas where I mean I would be looking to exploit proliferate, and I think. Uh, if people are really looking to do some some pretty broken things, you can go there and you can proliferate pretty quickly. Now, is it a CEDH fast deck? No, but you can do a lot of potent things. Uh, but I think I liked here where you sort of took it in the idea of like looking at Teamer. And particularly, I think I kind of like Calamax as an option, but uh, you sort of settled on uh, a different one, didn't you? Yeah, so... Yeah, do you want me yeah, to like run out my yeah, reasoning real quick? I can, I can. Really... So, the deck list. I didn't fix the lands, which I would have liked to, but the deck list actually runs one of the, uh, the commander options for the new Tyranid deck that came out in the last like two sets. So, I, at first glance, I was thinking about it, and I'm like, okay, out of all the team cards that could care about proliferate, there's maybe only two or three, like viable options. The first is Calamax because of the fact that you put counters on him and you you can copy spells and stuff. So you can copy the proliferate cards that are instant sorceries and then continuously proliferate the counters on him, making him larger over time. The other one that could potentially be good, the two other ones, is um, Omnath, Locus of the Royal, which is the elemental oh, tribal yeah. landfall commander. Because you're going to make all your stuff larger. And you get to draw cards um, every time they enter. And then the final one that I was considering but didn't ultimately choose is Riku of the Two Reflections. He's a triggered ability funhouse um, himself mm-hmm. or itself. But um, the proliferate triggers with it would just push it over the top in this case. The, the one I chose, though, which would be super interesting to do, especially if you're making it like a pod deck where you continuously sacrifice it, make it larger, sacrifice it, make it larger, um, uh-huh. is the Swarm Lord. Um, I'm going to do this hard. The Swarm Lord is three colorless mana and one green, one blue, one red. The Swarm Lord enters the battlefield with two plus one, plus one counters on it. For each time you've cast your commander from the command zone this game. And then the second triggered ability is really good. Whenever a creature control with a counter yeah. on it dies, draw a card. <laughs> so like, this card, I mean, there are several really good cards in green and red and blue that would make this card get pushed like pretty hard. Greater good is like the greatest example I can think of at this time because Greater good allows you to sacrifice the Swarm Lord, draw cards equal to its power, oh. and discard three cards. So you sacrifice it, and then you recast it, and you can. And if you get enough mana to do it, you can uh, continuously do it. The other one is like I didn't put it in the deck list, but it's uh, Chandra's Ignition could mm-hmm. be could be yeah. a one condition in the deck. So proliferating the counters, but also proliferating like. The, tr- the triggers, what I mean by proliferate is like the word proliferate, but then there's other cards that exist that oh. could copy the ability triggers. So like Lithoform Engine we mentioned earlier, Strionic Resonator, which I didn't put in the deck, but I should have put in the deck. Um, Other cards that like do proliferate triggers when they die. There's um Rolsk, it's like a Simic card. When it dies, you proliferate again. Proliferate once and then again. 
Um, there's a few other value creatures in this list that that yeah. do like some cute things. So like, uh, well, Tainted Observer is I mean, a good so one like, uh, um, because you can like, when it, you can whenever a yeah. creature enters the battlefield, you can now pay two and you can proliferate sitting right there on the battlefield. So if you play another mm -hmm. thing, you join to just going to proliferate, um, and you don't have a ton of ways to make tokens, which is usually how I've seen uh, Tainted Observer get abused because it's any when a creature enters the battlefield. But um, you can do some really gross things. Yeah. Animar is another one that's in this deck that is disgusting because if you can. So, like, I would picture it as if you're able to. If you're able to make him large, but also proliferate his triggers, you can just keep mm -hmm. recasting yeah. the Swarmlord and sacking it enough times. It could potentially become an infinite. Oh, maybe. Loop. Maybe. So yeah, um, Depending on still you got cards like Flux Channeler, Evolution Stage. With both of those, like you're because you're in colors or you're in blue, or you're in, you are in green. You get access to other things like Inexorable Tide. You have things uh, access to. Uh, well, do you have Kern's Bastion? Yeah, there's Kern's Bastion down there. You've got a whole bunch of things that are going to allow you to proliferate um, and really take advantage of the Swarm Lord and put it, make him make your Swarm Lord enormous. And it's good, and it makes himself enormous anyway. Um, and then, mm -hmm. or how about how about proliferating oh, Beastmaster Ascension? Yeah, counter? That's, so you get the seven. Yes, really. That cool. sounds like fun. That sounds like a ton of fun. Um, you know, you're gonna throw counters around with your Halana and Elena, your Herald of Secret Streams, which sound boring, but you're gonna like put the put counters on them, make them blockable, smash people for lots. Uh, your parent, your your opponents are gonna be pretty. Uh, Pretty spooked, pretty quick. Um, so yeah. And also, uh, oh, there's good. an infinite combo in this deck. Um, believe it or not, it's. Let me just pull it up because I actually put it in our chat. I forgot to show. I'm it looking to you at it. I'm looking at it here. So, uh, right? if you go to oh. commanderspellbook.com, you can find the the the. the, uh, the combo involving the swarm lord, and it's got greater good. It's got a card called Mind Over Matter, which is from Exodus, and then a card called Firemind Vessel. And I'll let, I'll let you explain how it all works. Yeah, so um, there's some prerequisites involved. You need to have all these permanents on the battle. They're all permanents. So Firemind Vessel taps for two mana of, of different colors. Mind Over Matter says choose and discard a card. Tap or untap target artifact, creature, or land. Greater Good says, sacrifice a creature, okay. draw cards equal to its power, then discard three cards. And then the Swarm Lord we mentioned earlier. What you're going to do, it's 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 a convoluted kind of combo, but it's it's cute. So you should try it at least once if you attempt to build this deck. Proxy the expensive Mind Over Matter and go to town. <laughs> Activate Greater Good. So you have to sacrifice a Swarm Lord to it. Return it to the command zone. When it dies, you draw a card. Then greater greater good resolves, so you draw cards equal to the Swarm Lord's power and discard three cards. Then you activate Fire Mind's Vessel, add two mana of different colors, and then you activate Mind Over Matter, discarding a card to untap the Fire Mind's Vessel. So basically, you're going to generate two mana every time you untap the Vessel and discard a card. So you'll generate enough mana to cast a Swarm Lord again, cast them again, sacrifice them again, um, it enters with two more counters each time, so you'll draw enough cards each time to draw your entire deck, and discard your entire deck, and have death triggers and sack triggers or whatever it is. So it is a cute, yeah, yeah. Root effect. And I mean, as we discussed <laughs> before in the past, like you can put a lot of powerful things in your graveyard if you have some some way to reanimate something or bring it back. Uh, you're creating a lot, a large sum of mana too with your Firemind Vessel. Uh, you obviously want your Swarm Lord to have haste, but there's lots of ways to do that. Um, so yeah, like that's like the car, like the deck looks like a ton of fun. Um, it's a little again, like so. The truth of the matter is that um, things like Mind Over Matter is a thirty-five dollar card because it's from Exodus. Um, but there's you know lots of other cards in this deck that you can be subbed out for other things or are going to naturally see their price decline in time. So Tekathal Inquiry Dominus, the blue 
um, Prey, uh, Phyrexian Horror from uh, Phyrexia All We One that has proliferate and then proliferate twice, uh, sorry, proliferates twice, um, is right now $11, but I think is going to very quickly settle around the 3 to $4 range because while he's good, it's not insanity to have a Tekathal. So. Right. Like, you don't need to run Contagion Engine. It's a fantastic proliferate card, and it really houses an opponent. But there are other, you know, cards that... Like, you don't even need to run Ashnod's Altar. It's not needed. Um, the Ozolith, it is an expensive oh. card because it's a really good card wow. for this type of deck. I didn't realize it got that expensive. Holy jumping. Yeah, it's, it's, become, it's become a very solid card for for certain decks and um i mean there are there's also slightly different ways to build this deck you don't necessarily need to run a ton of mm -hmm. double counter effects um you can replace the expensive cards with it um i'm running simic ascendancy as like a mm -hmm. alternative win con because yeah. it synergizes with the deck but um it's not that expensive right it's a four dollar mm -hmm. card it's it's doable um you could even just run it as a strict Voltron-y sort of commander uh, deck list where you just make the Swarm Lord yeah. as large as possible and, swing and hit people in the face. That, that's also a, a very good option. I mean, um, I forgot to put it in here because I'm just <laughs> careless this week, but uh, Kodama, Kodama of the West Tree is, is one of those synergistic cards that is not terribly expensive. It's... It'll probably go down in price, or probably see a reprint in the next few in the next few sort of sets, depending on people's needs and and desires. Um, and that gives things trample and and you know creatures that are modified that have counters or, or something else on them. They uh they get to search for basic lands. So, I mean, you don't need to run these super expensive cards as long as you understand what triggered abilities you want to run and how the deck list will suit your needs again the swarm lord is one of those cards where you can build it eight different mm -hmm, ways yeah. and it'll still do something um so it's it's nice uh that we have i think the other lesson i think i can take away from triggered abilities are mm -hmm. they are flexible you know you can use them in creative ways to end games you can use them in creative ways to stop yeah, your opponent yeah. like legacies allure you know you can use them in ways people might right. not realize that they work that way. And then you're like, hey, it works this way. Like, I was talking to you, Bruce, about my Glunch deck last week. The Scry triggered ability I'm actually sure makes the deck I mean, run incredibly well. It smooths everything out. So, no. This, oh, oh, and you have the branching evolution in there. So, hey, yeah. good, good stuff. Hey. So, oh, so folks, <laughs> um, the list will be in the show notes. Um, again, the mana base is, pardon me, is very basic. We could think you can spruce that up. Um, we're getting, but Pete's giving you the idea of the shell, what it might look like, um, what you might want to do if you decide to get into a teamer proliferate style deck. What could you do? Where do you go? What sort of direction can you take? And uh, there's lots of fun to be had. Um, the Swarm Lord is a is hilarious because it is definitely underplayed compared to um, a whole lot of other cards. Let's have a quick look at the stats for the Swarm Lord. Um, so Swarm Lord appears in how many decks? It is in 847 decks as a commander. Um, and then let's see it as a card. And it appears in another 1,100 decks as, as, the, as a card in the deck. So On the TCG yeah. player, you so can get you it can for about find a lot of, so. uh, Or there's even a version that Card Kingdom's got for 99 cents. I saw one just now for twenty cents. It might be the oversized yeah. card, but hey, I mean, yeah. you could do one too. So, not a big deal. Audience, <laughs> if you're interested in checking out that, checking out some proliferate shenanigans and what uh, triggered abilities you can bring to bear on your opponents, by all means, uh, go and check out the link in the show notes down below to see what uh, shenanigans uh, Pete has been up to. Um, but yeah, that's that's good talk. Good good conversation around the importance of triggered abilities. Don't let it trigger you, folks. I know that, that's a bad joke there, but uh, 
just uh, I guess be mindful of how your opponent or you want to use these abilities because I personally love them. I think they bring a lot of flavor to Commander. There's so many ways I've seen people use them creatively uh, to remove me from a game, to help me get back into game, um, to you know just kind of make the game more enjoyable. This is this is one of the beauty things of Commander, and we'll probably talk about this in the future. Is like there's so many Absolutely. options and possibilities. So absolutely, and so and here's beautiful. yet one more for you guys <laughs> to peruse and to and to enjoy. All right, let's move to wrap it up. Uh, so that's going to bring us to a close. Um, thank you very much for stop everybody for stopping by and, and listening through another episode with us. Uh, greatly appreciate it. Uh, so Pete, if people want to get a hold of you, what's the best way for them to reach you? Uh, emails probably the best. Uh, just because I'm like an old soul, I don't really have any social media right now. And Discord, you can find me on Discord. I'm Sneaky Pete on there as well. And I'm usually active talking about magic anytime. I love this conversation about this Excellent. great game we play. So, yeah, this will be in the show notes as well. If you if want people... to reach out to me uh, on the, mm-hmm. here on the podcast, you can always uh, e- email me at the Epic Experiment Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you can reach out on Twitter at, at EpicEXPCast, or you can follow us on, twin, on Instagram at EpicEXPCast as well. Uh, you can find all of the decks on Moxfield at moxfield.com. Please use the username, the Epic Experiment Podcast, all one word. Uh, and you can find all of our show, uh, all of our episode, uh, decks from every show. Uh, also, whichever platform you're choosing listening to this to, whether it's Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, Apple, Apple Podca- uh, Podcasts, or anything else, I believe Spotify even has got us, or Amazon, and Amazon too. Uh, like, follow, subscribe, leave a question, comment, whatever. Just let us know that you're listening and you, and you want to hear more. Uh, we'd, love to, we'd love to share what we are thinking about with you guys. So, uh, you know, sh- share a little love with us. Help spread the word. We're coming to you every week talking Commander. All right, next week um, we are probably going to be looking at some of the uh, March of the Machine previews that uh, were previewed during the Pro Tour this past week. Uh, congratulations. What's that? You think it's too early? Uh... You think it's a little too early? I, I, I might. I think it's kind of a little too early. Oh, okay. I'll, I'll be honest with you. you I really what? don't want to we'll, look we'll, at a new we'll, set. We'll, when we'll I just delay got... that one for a couple of more weeks. <laughs> okay. That's... Forgive me. Forgive me, but. Uh... It makes That's, me nervous to it, it, it think gives about you a little it bit of anxiety. Right I understand entirely. <laughs> so, uh, we'll be... Uh, we'll be... <laughs> 18 sticks smacking me in the face, man. That 18 sticks for six man or whatever. A little yargle it's action. So dumb. A little yargle Sorry. or bargle. <laughs> crazy. The, the Galta dinosaur... Whatever. Okay, I don't want to spoil it. We'll but... talk about that. We'll talk about, uh, we'll talk about more the, all the things that are happening in the world of magic. Uh, so tune in next week for sure. Uh, until then, this is the Epic Experiment Podcast signing off, wishing you all the best wherever you next play magic. Thanks so much, everybody. Take care. Have yourself a great day.